This is the Tribune Audio Network. Mm. Hi. Hi. <laughs> that was, that was really hello. sexual. Sorry. <laughs> Don't make me laugh too much. Okay, this is sip. <laughs> Survive. And repeat. Jenny doesn't want to laugh too much because... <laughs> because I got Botox and fillers in my face today. Jenny. Yay. I mean, I get Botox. So. I mean, no judging. No judging. I'm not judging you. Okay, great. Um, So I here's the thing. Kenny doesn't know this part, but he probably doesn't care either because he's a dude, but... I'm cutting off my hair more. Are so you on are Friday. Going to? My lady wrote me back and said she thought it was a great idea. Oh. So I'll show you some pictures of what I'm thinking. But basically, I already have a pixie cut and I'm just going to pixie it up even more. Is the gist of it. Are you a little f- scared? Yeah. A little bit. The you good can, news is you can scroll as the hair grows back. It does. So, oh, that's cute. Okay. So I could I could rock you could right, rock this. Right, right, are you right. Are you going to go blonde? No. Okay. Just asking. Keeping it red. Keeping it red. Okay, How okay. close to my length is that? About the same or maybe shorter. Oh, wow. We'll probably have pretty similar hairstyles. You guys are going to look styles. like twins. We're going to be like brother and sister. We'll post a picture for everyone <laughs> so you can see what we're talking maybe about. Maybe on Halloween I'll like dye my hair a little red and shave the beard. And go, yes. go as Jenny. That's a perfect idea. Like, you just have to wear something real colorful and obnoxious. I'm oh, like, and here's Declan trying to shit on a toilet. <laughs> Which he's not good at yet. Nope, but he was trying. He's learning. He was in the bathtub and had to get out. It's That's why he's naked and wet. I mean, that's dedication right there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't get out of a bathtub to take I shit. I wouldn't either. Although, I mean, I mean that sounds would. terrible. You would. Yes, I would. I would not shit in the bathtub. But you would just hold it. I would hold it, yeah. Yeah. Things just got Terrible. weird. Sorry. Um, okay, so I, I got Botox because my forehead has lots of wrinkles because I have a very expressive face. Mm-hmm. And so I thought we got to smooth those out a bit if I'm going to be showing off my forehead and getting rid of these bangs. I feel like I can tell already. A little smidge. I feel like it's already starting. Yeah. I feel really good about it. I can't move in between my eyes, so. Yeah, you can't. We're both going to be like. <laughs> well, I went to a very conservative doctor. So good. he... He only put one syringe in my forehead of Botox, and then he only did one syringe total in my cheeks. So it's like half a syringe and half a syringe. So it's not like anything. I'm not like turning into a Kardashian. It's literally, but I do have a huge bruise on my left cheek. It looks like she got punched in the face a little bit. Like a little sucker punch, not like a black eye. It's no. It's just like a little round yeah. ditty. Yeah. 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 It it's just. Gonna look, it's going to look great. But you're beautiful the way you are, but I'm just, you Thank know. You. Again, I'm just, I'm getting, getting, getting ready, ready for that reunion. <laughs> Speaking of, let's slide right into the weight loss challenge. Oh. Because things are looking up this week. And, and I don't you mean say the li- scale. When you say looking up, you mean things are going down. Things are going down. <laughs> well. Okay, what are you at? I am at 141.5. So I lost, what was I at last week? You two lost pounds. two pounds from last week. Okay, so think, you know. And yeah, you're th- down from week one. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. I'm on. I'm. This is serious. Well, week one is uh, the first weigh-in. The starting weight's above that. Oh. She's almost to her starting weight. Oh, okay, good job. Kenny just took the wind out of my. Well, I'm just trying to like get everyone the idea. I know. No, you're okay. right. That you're right. Let's we, not. We had a little slump, but we're back on we're track. We're back on track. Yeah. Okay. Ever since we extended the date, I now have a new like rebirth. Of... Oh, it seems more plausible. Yeah, I, can I do this. lost my damn mind and just started eating like BK breakfast and McDonald's Love stuff. It. Every day this week instead of fasting. So, but you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. That's right. That's right. So I went. I did drop 0.3 pounds. That's better than nothing. That's better, That's better than, than nothing. Gaining three pounds. That's right. So the weight loss challenge is going. I can't say it's going well. I can't say it's going bad. It's just it's, it's going. going. <gasps> what? You know what else is going? Callie. Callie, the bulldog. She's, She's just checking out the outside. Checking out, some, checking out the yeah, outside. It's fine. Okay, Okay. Uh, let's talk about our wine. Um, We have another 19 crimes, thanks to uh, Becky. Becky! Becky Ritley, Todd's mom. Yeah. Shout out. Um, This is the second bottle she gave us, and this one is the uh, 2017 Red Wine Blend. Oh, I like a blend. And I actually like this one more. It's less sweet, I feel like, than the last one. This one's 13.5% alcohol. On a side note, I'm not supposed to be drinking after my um, fillers, but because he said I could get bruised. So but you already bruised, so who cares? Watch out tomorrow. <laughs> you're gonna be like, like, it's you're gonna, gonna be like all bandaged up with sunglasses <laughs> on. Uh, hmm. If I have really thick makeup on tomorrow, you'll know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we're drinking this, um, 
and I am drinking it even though I'm not supposed to. And it's delicious. It's good. I like a red blend. I do too. I like their red blends, my favorite of their line. Okay. I like just all, well, that's a lie. I like red wine. Let's be Last honest. Last week we drank 15% and we were drunk. And we were, we were ridiculous. Drank. We are drinking it up. At the end of that episode. Was, yeah. Get ready. So we'll everyone. see how this goes. Okay. Um, all right. So we have a Patreon episode topic pick. Mm-hmm. That's a mouthful to say. It is. Um, okay, so let me just make sure I do this right, because this is our first one that we had someone get to pick. Uh, so we had Kim Hunter. Shout out, Kim. Kim, what up? Uh, and she suggested that we do 9-11 stories. Which and is... it's dicey, because last time Danelle did one, I cried on the show. Oh my gosh, that was back when we were at the brewery. Yeah. Which we should do, like, another little yeah. soda out there. Yeah. Um, but we for sure... I was for sure crying. So I was nervous to do this because I was like, I'm going to cry the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of already did. Like, that was my, I liked doing that take on it. I had a hard time. I like the topic. It's irrelevant. And it was such a sad day and we will always remember it. But I had a tough time picking a story. Yeah. I literally stumbled upon this and I was like, thank God, this is perfect. This is so. hard every week, guys. Like, you don't realize how, like, you think you like, like, I've always been interested in survival stories, but now that we have to pick one every week, like, it's, you know, some weeks it's challenging. So, this week was challenging. <laughs> I texted Kenny late last night. I'm like, oh, I don't have anything. And I'm like, I found something. I don't know if it's going to be good. Anyway, here we go. It's going to be great. It'll be great. Um, but, so, wait. So, okay. Um, we also wanted to take a moment to remember all the victims and the heroes of 9-11, um, because this is the day before is when this yeah. episode's coming out. So it's nine ten today, but tomorrow is a day that I think all of us will remember almost at any age. I mean, Kenny, how old were you? I was six when it happened. Were you in school yet? Yes. Okay. First grade. Oh my God. Okay. That's kind of like when I was in first grade, the Challenger exploded. Yeah, me too. We were watching it, mm-hmm. and I remember my teacher just turned it off. She's like, yeah, We saw the second plane hit. Yeah. Because our teacher was like, well, what's happening? So she turned on the TV. Oh. It hit. I remember that, and then she just kind of turned it off, and I was like, That's, that's oh, what you do. So, something's happening right now. Yeah. That's what you do when you have a, a group of six, uh, six-year-olds. You just right. turn it off. Yeah. And then, you know, learning phonics after that. I yeah. don't know what we learned. but that's They kept you in class after that? Yeah, we were in school the rest of the day. Did they keep I feel- you? Uh, a lot of, uh, here's the thing, any class that you went to that day, cause I did, I had an early morning class. So like the first plane hit, I went to class, I came back and I think at that point the second plane hadn't hit yet and I had time. So what do you do in college when you have time? You sleep. You take a nap. Yep. So it's like literally like eight something in the morning and I lay down because like, mm, here's I what I thought. Have. I was like, that is the worst tragedy. I cannot believe that accident happened. Like how is a plane hit a building? Like whoopsie. Yeah. And then I woke up and the second plane had hit and I was like, oh that's no, not, yeah. that's not an accident. And then I, I was a sophomore, junior, sophomore. junior. Oh, wait, sophomore. Well, you graduated, I graduated in 2000 and you graduated in 99. Yeah. Right. So I was a junior in college and I remember I had to go to French and I was like, do I go? Do I not go? I don't know what to do. I don't want to talk about French right now. So I went to class and I remember like our French instructor just let us like all vent about it the entire class. I had like some stupid music class and they let, they made us sit through like we, the teacher continued the class. Oh, no. And everyone was like, what? Like, nobody gives a... A, nobody gives a shit about music for my major. Like, nobody cared. And B, nobody gives a shit. Like, move on. We're... This country's under attack. Like, what are we doing? Right. So... Yeah. I went to my French class, and our teacher was just like, we're just talking about what's happening right now. A lot of the stories I read, I'm interested to see what you guys think, but the one story I read, which I'm not going to cover, the guy had mentioned, like, over the intercom... They had told them to like stay put, like don't, don't exit because it's more dangerous if you leave the building. What would you oh. have done? Like, would you have listened to those know, instructions? I'm a rule follower. That, so Todd and I were talking about it last night and I was like, I feel like I'm also a rule follower. And I would have been like, okay. And he was like, I would have left. I probably would have left. Ugh. See, so it makes you think like your date, Kenny, what would you have done? I don't know. I feel like I'd go where the crowd went. I'd just follow yeah. what people did. Like if people are like, okay, we're staying. But that's okay. a lesson. Like yeah. make sure you follow your instinct. Yeah. Like, and his instinct was to leave. 
So, and he made the right choice in that particular story. But yikes. Anyway. All right. So, okay. uh, in honor of 9-11, Danelle and I are doing 9-11 yep. survival stories. Cheers. Cheers. Love you guys. Okay. okay. So, since I already did the... I'm going first, right? Okay. Yes. So, since I already did the Twist of Fate one... Mm-hmm. And I had a hard time picking a story. And I'm, if you want to listen to The Twist of Fate, I believe it's episode three or five. It's early. Like it's, it's one early. of our early ones, yeah. just in case no one's heard it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good, I thought it was a really, I mean, I enjoyed. It was a good episode. I didn't yeah. enjoy doing that one, but it was like, a, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So I'm doing nine famous people who avoided death on 9-11. Oh. So I'm doing a lister today. I like it. Okay. And some of these were very, like, do you know any famous people that survived? Like, can you think off the top of your head? That one no. comedian who lied about it. That's the only thing I can oh, think yeah. of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not on here. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> I just know that Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey were broken up at the time. And that's when they got back together. Oh, my God. Yes, you're <laughs> because right. Because she was like, oh, my God, 9-11 makes me realize that I love you so much. And then they did not stay together. No. After that, clearly. Okay. weds. Mm-hmm. So there are some surprising people on here. Okay. So number one. Is Mark Wahlberg. <gasps> Marky Mark and the Funky Marky Bunch? Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Mm-hmm. And did you know, in doing and researching this, Marky Mark was actually, Jenny, you probably know this already. He, so his brother, Donnie or Danny? Donnie. Donnie, which, who was my favorite, which for some reason I couldn't remember his name. New Kids on the Block, was in case you young block, people don't know. Yes. Um, which is like the equivalent to the Jonas Brothers, but way more popular and way cooler back in like the early 90s. But Mark Amazing. Wahlberg was actually in the band with his brother. He was like one of the original members and he quit like two months in. And then what? they ended up casting like another member in the band. So he would have been in New Kids on the Block. But, but, he, want, but he wanted to be the he bad boy. He wanted to be Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch in his no shirt. Oh my God. And he's been in, um, uh, let's see, da, 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 I say in here. Well, let me tell you the story. So a former rapper, obviously, mm-hmm. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Um, he was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and he uh, starred in The Perfect Storm. You've I mean, he starred in many things. He's been in a lot of stuff. Boogie Nights. Yeah. Believe me, I know who he is. Yeah, everyone. I, I mean, Calvin Klein model. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I think about that. He's so delicious. Um, is he married to Jenny McCarthy? No, that's his brother. That's his brother, Donnie. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And then they have the Wahlburgers. Burger With their chain. other brother who... Yeah is just not known, but right is a chef of some sort. Yes. So um, he on September 11th, he and some friends were scheduled to fly an American Airlines Flight 11 <gasps> from Boston is to that LA. The, is that the one that landed or crashed in the Pentagon? Or the one who... No, the, I think Pennsylvania? I, no, I think that's the one that went to the first tower. Oh, okay. Maybe. Okay. Um, so they were scheduled to be on that flight. Mm. And um, at the last minute, they changed their plans and decided to charter a plane to Toronto, Canada for a film festival. Just like a last minute plan change. Mm. Sorry guys, we're not going to fly on a public plane. We're going to charter our own. Okay. You fancy. From Toronto. Then from Toronto, so they went to the film festival. Then they flew to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously when they were doing this, they had found out what had happened. And he said that um, this still haunts him to this day. And he said that he certainly would have tried to do something if um, he was on that flight. Like he would have tried to take it over. And he said he's had about over 50 dreams on it. Oh my God. I like bet. trying to like overtake the plane or like what he would do in that situation if he was on it. But he said he would not have let it like, he's not like disrespecting the people that they didn't know any better, but like he was like, there's no way like I would have just let it, but he still has dreams about it and stuff. So yikes. Number two, Sarah Ferguson. Do you know who she is? Yeah, she's the princess. The Duchess of York. Duchess of York, yes. So she was in New York City on September 11th. And so she's a mom of two at the time. And she was headed towards the North Tower. Okay. Which was the first one to be hit. And um, she was running 20 minutes late and due to heavy traffic. And she um, had been given an office at the North Tower. So she was kind of renting space for her charity mm-hmm. on the 101st floor. And um, her charity was called Chances for Children. Um, so she, uh, if she would have made it to the venue, if she would not have been 20 minutes late, she would have been um, part of the, like when the tower was hit and fell, like she would have been in the tower at the time. Oh. And um, in fact, she later found out that the floor that she was renting, um, 700 people died 
on that floor. Like in that, like from the company she was renting from, I think they owned like multiple floors, but 700 people died. Oh my God. So she probably would have been one of the people. And she also told a story where, um, for her charity, one of the masks, the mascot of the charity was a like rag doll. It was like a, a little doll or something. And when they were, when like everything had fallen and they were doing like pictures afterwards, like the aftermath, someone found the rag doll. Oh my God. And it somehow got back to her and like she's written articles on it and stuff like that. So it has significant meaning to her. Oh so I know. Okay. 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 Number three, Jim Pierce. I didn't know who he was. I'm going to need so, you to explain yeah, who that he is. He is um, the director of some New York City based corporation. Mm-hmm. And he also, the only reason why I put this one in here is because he also happened to be the cousin of George W. Bush. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. So on September 11th, he was scheduled to attend a business conference. Mm-hmm. And the night before, there were so many people that had wanted to go to the conference. They changed the location last minute the night oh. before. So he was scheduled to be at the World Trade Center. And then instead, he went to the, the same conference, but a different location. So he avoided it. I bet Just all from, those people who went to that conference yes. were pretty happy it was at a different location. I know. So... um I guess 12 people that were in the room where he was supposed to be, um, 11 died. Oh my but God. That, that didn't go to the conference. It went right. like, to whatever else. Right. So. Right. Um, the next one, number four is Ian Thorpe, which I didn't know who this was. Do you guys know who this is? Never heard of him. Okay. He's a famous Australian swimmer. He has won five Olympic gold medals. Well, that sounds very familiar. Okay. Yeah. You, I'll, I'll send you the picture of him and he kind of looks familiar. And it says here that he has three gold medals, two silver medals, and he has the most won silver or gold medals from some Olympic whatever. But I feel like that's Michael Phelps. So I don't know. That, I don't know that that's accurate. Maybe at the time. Maybe at the time. This okay. is like well, two thousand one. So um, anyway, so he was super into fashion, mm-hmm. and therefore he loved New York City. He would visit there often. And on September 11th, he was out for a jog mm-hmm. and he had intended to go to the observation deck at the World Trade Center. So he was on his way jogging da, 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 da. and then he realized he forgot his camera because mm. this is like pre cell phone days, right, like you don't have a cell phone. So he um, hailed a cab and took him back to his hotel to go get his camera and his TV was on in his room and he saw the plane hit the oh. tower on the TV and he was like, oh, fuck, I was just on my way there. Like, if he would not have turned around to go get his camera, he would have been up on the observation decks. Mm-hmm. Freaky. So, number five is Julie Stoffer or Stoffer. Mm-hmm. And she was a cast member on MTV's reality show, The Real World. Yes. She was the Mormon. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, she was the first Mormon that was cast on the show. Mm-hmm. So, in her time, like, she, I think she was in, like, the New Orleans episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had had a fight with her boyfriend the night before. Mm-hmm. See who says fighting with your significant others or boyfriend girlfriends not could baby save your life. That's I don't right. know. It might. So she had a fight with her boyfriend the night before, and um, so she was booked on American Airlines Flight 11 from Boston to LA. A lot of people were booked on that Boston flight, yeah, and didn't make it or missed it for whatever reason. But she ended up missing her flight. Um, I'm assuming because maybe they were up fighting all night and she like slept in, or her alarm didn't go off or something, and um, so. That's why she missed that flight. She should have been on that plane. Oh, man. Creepy. So number six is Patty Austin. Mm -hmm. I had to look her up. She's a Grammy Award-winning singer. She's done songs with Michael Jackson. Like, she's actually pretty famous, but she was born in the 50s, so she's a little out of our decade and era. But um, she was supposed to be on Flight 93 from Boston to San Francisco again. Mm -hmm. And um, she had to change her flight because her mom had a stroke the day prior. So she had to change her arrangements. And she actually was performing um, for the Michael Jackson tribute band. Oh, And I guess it was a two-night performance. So by her changing her flight around because of her mom's stroke, she ended up doing the second night instead of the first. So they just rearranged her schedule. And, um, obviously if she would have boarded that flight, she would have died along with all the other passengers. And she said to this day, she has yet to figure out why her life was spared and why like circumstances changed where she didn't board the flight. Like her mom obviously had the stroke, but she feels like, like that was God's way of showing her that she should give more to charity. So she tries to do more like philanthropic things and it has really changed her life. Hmm. Um, number seven is, uh, Michael Lama. 
Lama Deco? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Nailed it. So he's a super famous chef at the World Trade Center. Oh. Um, I guess there's like a two floor restaurant there called Windows on the World. Oh, I thought you were going to say Windows on the River. I'm like, I didn't know. That's That's different. in Cleveland. <laughs> it's Think of Windows on the River in Cleveland times a thousand. Okay. Like, it's a real fancy schmancy. It takes up two floors. It's super, like, for him to be, like, he's the, the top chef there, like, a big deal in New York City. Mm-hmm. So he was heading into work, and he had an appointment to get his glasses fixed at 11 a.m. Mm. So as he was walking in, he was like, you know what? I'm just going to go do this now. Let me just mark this off my list. So there was a Lens Crafters in, um, I believe this was Building 1. Yeah, Building 1. And he walked, instead of going up to the elevator to the 106th and 7th floor, he ended up walking into Lens Crafters, getting his glasses fixed, and he felt the whole building shake. Oh. And he was like, again, I would have been like, oh. Like when we had the little earthquake in Cleveland like <laughs> right. a month ago, I was like, oh, Hector must be working on some pipes. That's our maintenance guy. Like I wouldn't have. Like, he listened to his instinct, and he left the building. Right. Like, he he left it, and then saw, like, the plane sticking out of the side of the building. Oh. And then he saw the other plane hitting the other building. Oh, no. I mean, not right away afterwards, but... Yeah, so he was, like, right there as the second plane hit the building, and he, like, because he listened to his instinct... Yeah. Which is the whole theme of this, Mm -hmm. he left the building. Um, He said that um, it was the most shocking moment. He'll never forget it. And he wasn't watching it on TV. It was happening right in front of him. And then he said he started to take almost inventory of his workers that were scheduled that day. Oh, no. And just thinking, like, who did I put on the schedule today? Like, who's up there right now? And just very heartbreaking. Um, But they didn't say in the story how many people died. But I'm assuming since it's floors 106 and 107, it wasn't, you know. This one is kind of not funny, but this one is interesting. Gwyneth Paltrow. Huh? Okay. So actress Gwyneth Paltrow, um, her, she technically wasn't supposed to be at the World Trade Center, but she was, um, it was like a chance meeting that helped another lady. So um, Laura Clark was coming back from, or Laura Clark was rollerblading in New York City. Okay. Okay. And Gwyneth Paltrow had just finished her yoga class and she was in her little silver SUV sitting at a red light. And Laura Clark was like rolling rollerblading up next to her car and stopped at the red light as well and looked over and she's like, Oh my God, Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's like, hi, I'm your biggest. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And like chit chatting her up and like took like five minutes to talk to her while Laura Clark was rollerblading to the train station to catch her train. Yeah. So I guess that was her like means of transportation to get to the train station. And um, she said because of the small delay um, of talking with Gren- of meeting Gwyneth Paltrow and then talking to her, she missed her train. Oh, okay. And because she missed her train, um, she was like 30 minutes late to work and she did not make it to the World Trade Center on time for work. And if she would have, she would have been sitting at her office at her desk on the 77th floor of the second tower. And she missed it basically because she met Gwyneth Paltrow. And she was like, all I could think about on the train ride to work was like, I cannot wait to tell my coworkers that I met Gwyneth Paltrow. And then she gets there and she was also one of them that saw the plane. Like she was walking into the second world trade center and saw the plane going to the side of the building. Oh no. And she was like thinking of all her coworkers in there. And she was just like, Oh my God. So 10 years later, she actually contacted Gwyneth Paltrow and connected with her and told her about her chance encounter and how she actually kind of saved her life in a weird, twisted way. And Gwyneth Paltrow has commented um, on it and said that it still gives her chills and how she cannot believe how many other people changed the course of strangers' lives in a day. Like and just then she gave one. her 10 years worth of free goop products. My God, that shit is so expensive. Right? Have you ever priced it? Oh, it's Mm-mm. really expensive. I buy my shit at CVS, so. Yeah. I mean, don't buy. I mean, I'm sure it's great product, but it's super expensive. I'm sure. I went through the process of trying to buy it, and then once I got to like the page where you actually ordered it, I'm like, uh-uh, I can't. It's like three hundred dollars. No. Um, but if you want to sponsor us, you're welcome. Um, number nine, the last one. Ready? Okay, yeah. Seth MacFarlane. Really? Yep. Didn't know this either. So we all know who Seth Seth MacFarlane is. He wrote Family Guy, and he's the you know American Dad, the Cleveland Show. He's the voice of many. And many, many, many things. Um, <laughs> Ted, which stars Mark Marky, Wall, Marky Mark, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. So, um, basically, his travel agent. He was supposed to be on. Guess what flight? Uh, the freaking Boston to LA flight. Yeah. 
Flight 11? Is that what it is? I think it was Flight 11. Yeah, Flight 11, American Airlines Flight 11. Um, he was flying to be a keynote sp- speaker at his alma mater in Rhode Island. And um, unfortunately, or fortunately, he missed his flight. Mm-hmm. Actually, his flight attendant, not flight attendant, let me back up. His manager told him the wrong flight time. Oh, good. So the flight left, I believe, at 745. Okay. And he got there at 845. Oh. Or like it was boarding or like somehow he just missed it by barely anything. They're like, sorry, you're going to have to like get the next flight. And um, he, because of this mix up, he uh, uh, missed the flight and survived. He called his parents immediately and said, I'm, I was not on that flight. I was, cause they must've like, just right. Like and I said, send like, my about, parents, my flight info. When right. I'm just in case somewhere. you never know. Mm-hmm. And just basically tell them that he was alive. And in an interview, he said that, um, just that he was drinking the night before and he was so hungover and he missed the plane by about 10 minutes, which is not true. His agent actually told him the wrong time, but he was like trying to be like humorous about it. But he said it was a very close call. And, um, he said, see, alcohol is your friend. And the moral of the story is that um, he thanked God that his travel agent had screwed up the departure time. And um, if he would have been on board with the rest of those um, people, he didn't know what he would have done either. Like if the terrorists took over the plane. Right. Like he's just sort of like, he still thinks about it and it still bothers him to this day. And then again, the fun fact about Ted with Mark Wahlberg, they would have been on the same flight. They would have been. Crazy. Is that nuts? So those are the eight. Nine. Nine. Famous, semi-famous, I mean, famous and some semi-famous people that avoided death on 9-11. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I didn't know any of that. I know, I didn't either. There you go, now you do. Now you know. Mm -hmm. And knowing is half the battle. It is. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, Danelle's like, and I'm closing this now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I want to sit back and listen to your story. Okay. Are you ready? Tell me a story. Yes. This is an amazing story. I will tell you, I found it. I can't wait. I found it because I was scrolling through, scrolling through Facebook as I normally do on any given morning, evening, whatever. Afternoon. I just like to do that, you know, mm-hmm. scroll. And my aunt Gladys, oh, sha- everyone has an aunt Gladys, shared this puppy. Oh. And I was like, it was like meant to be. Yeah. And it was like a week ago. And I remember thinking, this is it. Oh. Yeah. The planets are aligning. All right. So. This is a story from a flight attendant from Delta Flight 15, and it was written following 9-11. I do not have the flight attendant's name. I tried to look it up, but... Maybe she wants to be anonymous. Maybe. Okay. On the morning of Tuesday, September 11th, uh, she was on a flight, uh, and it was a flight from Frankfurt flying to, I think flying into New York. Frankfurt... Germany. Germany. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so they were five hours out of Frankfurt and they were flying over the North Atlantic. Okay. Okay. So all of a sudden the curtains parted up near the cockpit and I was told that I'm being her. Okay. I was told to go to the cockpit immediately. Oh my God. Okay. Stop. As to a see the captain. I would be like, I'm an A in trouble. Right. Or there's something wrong with the plane. Or right? someone has diarrhea. You, or someone like you need to go clean the bathroom. Right. Ugh. Someone left a mess for you. Okay, so as soon as I got there, I noticed that the crew had the all-business look on their face. Mm -mm. So the captain handed her a printed message, and it was from Delta's main office. And it basically said, all airways over the continental United States are closed to commercial air traffic. Land ASAP at the nearest airport. Advise your destination. But you're over the Atlantic Ocean. Uh Uh-huh. What do you do? Oh, my God. And wait a minute. A printed note. Do they have a printer on this plane? They must have some sort of printer. Hmm. Hmm. I don't... I've never been in a cockpit. I'm just interested because we can't even get our printer to work in our house. So I'm interested (laughs) how on a plane you could get your printer to work. Okay. Maybe they have a miniature fax machine. Go on. It prints out on that cool paper that's shiny. Like an emergency one. Yeah. Emergency plane fax machine. Yes. Okay. So at this point, no one had told them what this meant. Like they didn't know what was happening. They just knew that they had to land at the nearest airport whilst they were over the North Atlantic. Okay. So they knew it was serious because they've never (laughs) had this happen before. And they needed to find what she called terra firma, which I think is cute. Yeah. I think that means firm. firm firm ground. Oh, okay. Great. I assume in a different language that I don't know. Uh, so they found the nearest airport. It was 400 miles behind them in Gander, Newfoundland. 
Oh, so they had to turn around. Yes, at this point. Okay. Okay. So uh, Gander, Newfoundland is in Canada, or as I call it, Canada. So he requested approval for a route change uh, from the Canadian Air Traffic Controller, and the approval was granted. So immediately, no questions asked. So he was like, okay, great. Thank you. So I guess sometimes if you call it in and you're like, I need to reroute to your airport, they, tell you they can no. tell you no. Well, I guess if it's not like a super emergency, they'll be like, no, nah, why would full. you need to reroute? There's got to be an emergency. Like, oh, I, there's a guy that had a heart attack. Whatever. Yeah, I know. Whatever. I know you don't know the answers to this. I don't, I don't know. know why I'm asking. I like it. I don't have any kind of air <laughs> knowledge. Uh, so they found out later uh, why there was no hesitation for approving the request. Mm. Okay. So while the flight crew prepared the airplane for landing, another message arrived from Atlanta, which is where Delta headquarters is located. Uh, and they, it told them about the terrorist activity happening in New York. And a few minutes later, they got word of the hijackings mm. that had happened. Just, do you think they told the whole plane this? Or We decided to lie to the passengers. <laughs> I, that was, okay. Because I feel like you're going to freak everybody out. You don't freak them out now. Yeah. Not while yeah. you're in the air. No. No. <laughs> so they decided to lie to the passengers. And um, especially while they were still in the air, they told them that the plane had a simple instrument malfunction and they needed to land at the nearest airport in Gander, Newfoundland. So okay. it can be checked out. I would be having a panic attack. Okay. I mean, I would have a panic attack about that. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, the plane's going to crash. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so they said, we're going to give more information as soon as we land in Gander. You know, hang tight. So a lot of the passengers obviously were like pissed and grumbling. Right. Because like they're on a, a... And they don't know. They're on a transcontinental... Is that the right term? Yes. Like flight? Sure. Transatlantic flight? Like they're ready to get the fuck home. Yeah. Nobody wants to be... Stranded in another New York initially, right? Yeah, now they're going to be in Canada. That's not even close. It's like I got rerouted once to Detroit, and that's like a two and a half hour drive. Don't do that. You know what? In the end, it was fine. Whatever. Long story short, forty minutes later, they landed in Gander, uh, and there were already twenty other airplanes Mm. on the ground from all over the world. That had taken this detour. Imagine the sight. On their way to the U.S. So (laughs) they parked and the captain made the following announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, you must be wondering if all of these airplanes around us have the same instrument problem as we have. The reality is that we are here for another reason. Mm. Then he went on to explain a little little bit that we knew about the situation in the U.S. There were loud gasps and stares and disbelief. And um, he, goosebumps. I know he basically told the passengers that we just have to stay put on the airplane for right now because we don't have clearance to deplane. Get me off the plane! Like at that point, I'd be like, "Get me, the, get me off this plane!" So at this point, the Canadian government is in charge of what's happening, mm-hmm. um, and no one's allowed to get off the aircraft, off any of the aircrafts that have landed there. So they're just sitting there, okay? Um, so. Anyway, also no one on the ground was allowed to come near the airplanes. Because again, at this point, they don't know who the terrorists are. They don't know. Right. Like, their targets. Their, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it seems very random. So um, airport police would come around periodically and they'd look at their plane and then they'd go to the next airplane and kind of examine that one. And who, who knows what they were looking for? Oh my gosh. They so had no scary. clue. So um, in the next hour or more, or in the next hour or so, more planes landed at Gander. We ended up with 53 airplanes from all over the world, 27 of which were United States commercial airlines. Mm. Yeah, it was a lot. All in this tiny airport. I'm pretty sure Gander, I looked it up, I was has ask, like, I population like, of 10,000 people. So think like Akron Canton Airport or smaller? Smaller probably. So maybe, okay. Yeah, that's like It's Columbus. like a, it's like a yeah. tiny regional airport. Yeah. Oh, um, so bits of news started to come in over the aircraft radio and they learned for the first time that airplanes were flown into the world trade center in New York and the Pentagon in DC. So mm-hmm. they're sitting on a plane finding this information out yeah. and people were trying to use their cell phones and they couldn't because obviously everything was all jammed up. Mm-hmm. Cell towers in Canada are different than cell towers in America. And plus there was just so much at once at yeah. once that everything got overloaded. So a couple of people got through, but most of the time, um, a Canadian operator would tell them like the U S signals are jammed. We can't get your call through. So, um, sometime that evening news filtered to the plane that evening the world, now. So they're yeah, on this plane. This is like plane five, hours. six hours, yeah. whatever. 
um, World Trade Center buildings had collapsed, so they got word that it had happened uh, and that the fourth hijacking had resulted in a crash, which was the one in Pennsylvania. Um, so passengers were getting really emotionally and physically exhausted, mm-hmm. and they were all pretty freaked out at this point. Um, but she said, this flight attendant said, everyone stayed amazingly calm, considering that they're sitting on an airplane after airplanes have just been yes. used to, you know, terrorize the United States. Also, not to interrupt you, but to interrupt you. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> one of my biggest fears of an airplane situation is that we land and then it's hijacked and it get and they take it off again. Oh, like, is that, doesn't that sound so scary? It sounds terrible. Like, what if they're, like, all sitting there, and then, like, all of a sudden the planes are, like, and then it just, I don't know, like, someone decides to just yeah, take like off, that. and no. no I don't like so that. So that that's what will be going through my mind right. in that moment. Like, is it going to I'm just imagining is it like, that there's 53 airplanes jam-packed onto this, like, tarmac that there's not enough room next? to take off. And do, what if they had family? I mean, if they're flying into New York, a lot of them right. were probably New Yorkers, and they had family there, and, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, so... They, everyone just kept looking out the windows at the other 52 planes because there were 53 total and thinking, okay, we're not alone. Everybody is suffering just like we are. It's not just our airplane. Um, they said that they were going to start allowing people off the planes one plane at a time. But at 6 p.m., the Gander Airport told them that their turn to deplane would be at 11 a.m. the next day. What? Yeah. I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone now had to plan on sleeping on the plane and one of the one of the people on the plane uh was 33 weeks pregnant so as someone who has been pregnant i can tell you uncomfortable you're already so fucking uncomfortable so uncomfortable and then it's just like oh by the way you're gonna have to sit up on this plane and sleep perfect you'd think they'd let her like lay in the aisle way if I mean, if she wanted to, it said, but not that that's comfortable. I mean, right. So they said that they took really good care of the woman who was pregnant and tried to make her as comfortable as possible. Um, and then at 1030 in the morning on uh, September 12th, a convoy of school buses showed up and they all got to deplane and they were taken to the terminal. They went through immigration and customs and then they had to go register with the Red Cross. Um, after that, uh, the, the passengers were taken in vans to small hotels, um, but there's not, there's only it's a small town. So they have like one, <laughs> they have hotels. They had hotels with enough rooms to, I think accommodate 700 okay. people. Um, so the Red Cross told them that the town of Gander has a population of 10,400 and there were 10,500 passengers to take care of. Oh, wow. So the amount of passengers outweighed the population of the city by 100 people. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> so um, they were told to relax, and they were contacting U.S. airports, and they were hoping you know, they could get them word like when everything was going to be opened again. But they said that call probably won't come for a while, so why don't you just, just get comfortable? Just get cozy. <laughs> so at that point, they all found out the total scope of the terror attack, um obviously everything was on the tvs like 24 7 um but the people from these planes had lots of time on their hands in gander oh yeah so because what else is there to do yeah gander it turned out the people there were extremely friendly which is not shocking because people from canada it's canada good job guys uh they started calling us the plane people which i think is adorable (laughs) They enjoyed their hospitality and they got to explore the city of gander and everyone kind of had a good time uh, two days later, they got a call and were taken back to Gander Airport, um, and they got back on a plane where they were all reunited. So all the passengers kind of started talking about their experience yeah. in Gander because they now had this bonding experience. Um, so this is what they found out, what everyone had gone through while they were in Gander. Um, Gander and all the surrounding communities within about 75 kilometers uh, had closed all their high schools meeting halls, lodges, and any other large gathering places. And they converted all facilities into mass lodging areas for all the stranded travelers. Oh, that's great. Some had cots set up. Some had mats with sleeping bags and pillows. And all the high school students, because they couldn't go to school, Mm -hmm. were required to volunteer (laughs) and take time to take care of their... Yes, put them to work. Guests. (laughs) I think that's adorable. Um, The 218 passengers on this flight attendant's plane... um, 
were staying in a town actually called Lewisport, and it was 45 kilometers outside of Gander. And they all stayed in a high school. And if any woman wanted to be in a women's only facility, they would arrange for that. So they were very very accommodating. (laughs) Um, Families were kept together. Elderly passengers were taken to private homes. So they had like real beds to sleep in. Um, And that young pregnant lady, she was put up in a private home right across the street from a 24-hour urgent care. I was going to (laughs) say, did she have the baby? No, but she did get taken special care of. And they made sure they put her somewhere where she would have emergency services as needed. Um, let's see. There was a dentist on call and male and female nurses remained with the crowd for the entire time. Just in case. Um, so phone calls and emails were made available. Uh, so people could contact people in the U S um, or anywhere around the world, uh, every to everyone once a day. So everyone once a day had a chance to use like a landline or use like, you know, an internet cable that was connected to like a A real phone, like an old school phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then during the day, passengers were offered excursion trips. So some people went on boat cruises at the lakes and harbors. Well, they some, really thought, thought this through. Some went for hikes in the local forests. Local bakeries stayed up and um, they stayed open to make fresh bread for all the guests. Isn't this adorable? Gander. Food was prepared by all the residents and brought to the schools to help feed everyone. And they would also... Um, help people drive them to restaurants or to stores to get what they needed um everyone was given tokens for the local laundromats to wash their clothes and um, because they weren't allowed to get their luggage off the aircraft oh yeah i didn't think about that so basically every need was met because the people of gander and the surrounding areas were totally on board to like make everyone stay in this terrible horrible tragedy they came together. They came and together and said, "We're gonna make this okay for these people, even if they weren't American, because they were right. they were coming from Europe." Yeah, I mean, so that doesn't mean they're American. Were, yeah, there were probably Canadians and Europeans and mm-hmm. who knows what else on that plane. Um, so passengers, once they got back on the plane, they were crying, telling their stories of like how wonderful their stay had been. Um, I know, and the U.S. airports finally reopened, and they they were delivered right on time um, back to when they were supposed or where they were supposed to be. The local Red Cross, Red Cross had all the information about the whereabouts of each and every passenger and knew which phone they needed to be uh, when the planes were leaving. Oh, I'm sorry, plane. I'm a little drunk. They knew where they were going. Like yeah, they, basically the Red Cross had that list. They made people register. And they're like, and they're like, you're going here because no one had tickets. Oh, right. I didn't think Remember? about that. Yeah. So now the Red Cross was the one it's who was like guiding them to the right. Like you're Danelle Cherry. You're on flight. Da, 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 da. That's the plane right there. So they were like such big contributors to helping these people get back to where they needed to go. And imagine having to get on a plane after all of that oh, and God, hearing no. all that and just, it would be. I didn't want to fly for a really long time. Me but either. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I actually went to my study abroad program that January. Oh. After. Really? Were you really scared? Mm-hmm. I would be. Yeah, I was terrified. Mm. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, so anyway, this this flight attendant said it was absolutely incredible Everybody came on board and they were acting like they had just gotten off a cruise. <laughs> Everyone knew each other by name and they, they were, were swapping stories. And, yeah. uh, they were impressing each other with who had a better time. And um, their flight back to Atlanta looked like a chartered party flight. The crew just stayed out of their way. It was mind boggling. That's amazing. So um, they were calling each other by first names, exchanging phone numbers, addresses, email addresses, so they could all stay in touch because they had all bonded so much over this experience. Um, and then an unusual thing happened. One of the passengers approached the flight attendant and asked if he could make an announcement on the PA system. Oh, no. We never, ever allow that. But this time was different. I said, of course. And I handed him the mic. He picked up the PA and reminded everyone about what they had just gone through in the last few days. He reminded them of the hospitality they had received at the hands of total strangers. I'm going to cry. Um, and he continued by saying that he would like to do something in return for the good folks of Lewisport, which is where the, all the people where from this stayed. plane stayed yeah. outside of Gander. He said he was going to set up a trust fund under the name Delta 15, which was their flight number. The purpose of the trust fund was to provide college scholarships for the high school students of Lewisport. Jenny. He asked for donations of any amount from his fellow travelers. When the paper with donations got back to us, the amount... Uh, with the amounts, names, phone numbers, and addresses, the total was more than $14,000. Oh. The gentleman, who was an MD from Virginia, promised to match the donations 
and he started administrative work on the scholarship. So this guy who like made the announcement and started it said, we raised 14,000. I'm going to match that. Wow. So the, um, he also sent this proposal for the scholarship to Delta corporate and asked them to donate as well. And the flight attendant said, as I write this account, the trust fund is at more than 1.5 million and has assisted 134 students in college education. That's amazing. So she said, I just wanted to share this story because we need good stories right now. It gives me a little bit of hope to know that some people in a faraway place were kind to some strangers who literally dropped in on them. So anyway... In spite of the rotten things we see going on in today's world, this story confirms that there are still a lot of good people in the world, and when things get bad, they will come forward. That's, That's amazing. It. I love that. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously all these people are survivors because they were up in the air on 9-11, and yeah. that was very a scary time for anyone who was flying that day or in New York or, you know, Pentagon or wherever. Um, but the fact that <laughs> these people in this tiny town were just like, they rallied. Shut down the schools. Everybody start cooking. Open the bakery. And it's almost like they just knew what to do. Yeah. Like it was like in second instinct. You guys, you, know? you Canadians, I love you. Yeah. And ever, I mean, and, and the fact that everyone was so kind to one another and like understanding. And I mean, that, yeah, that goes a long way. Yeah. So for me, this was such an uplifting story about 9-11. It was a great story. And just like the fact that they then turned around and returned the favor to some mm-hmm. degree. I mean, you can never really return that kind of hospitality, but the fact that they gave back to those kids yeah. is insane. And I'm That's like, one of my favorite stories. I love that story. Thank that was you. Great. Thank you. So Aunt Gladys, thanks Gladys, for posting shout that. Out. Aunt Gladys, shout out. <laughs> I don't know if she listens. I'm sure she doesn't. But Is this um, your mom's sister? Or no, your... it's my dad's sister-in-law. Okay. So Gladys. Aunt Gladys. Um, okay, so I love that story. And now it's time for Kenny. Well, mine isn't nearely as uplifting as that oh, one was. Oh, Lord. But... Great. <laughs> We need something uplifting. Actually, that was a, I mean, for what it was, it was. Right. Yeah. yeah. I try to be positive on a 9-11 mm-hmm. story because I think that's what we need sometimes on 9-11. Mm-hmm. So a man's car got stolen while he was busy doing what? Wait, God. say that one more time. A man's car got stolen while he was busy doing what? Was he at home or somewhere else? That's that's for you to guess. Not, was he in, not for me to was tell he you. in the car? He wasn't in the car. Okay. Okay. Was he taking his groceries inside? Be pretty lame weird news, but yeah. <laughs> that is such a Danelle guess. That's okay, such a my very real guess specific is Danelle guess. He was taking a shit in the woods. That was gonna be mine. <laughs> he was mine was gonna be he was either Pissing. Pissing or shitting in the woods. <laughs> okay, so at 6 a.m. on a Sunday, uh, Kennewick police responded to a 500 block area of reports of auto theft. The owner of the vehicle, William, called police saying someone had stolen his red Chevy pickup. Uh, according to the police, a man noticed that his keys, the keys were left in his truck, and so he got behind the truck and stole it. The police reviewed the surveillance video, and they discovered... The reason William Kelly was there and left his truck was he was stealing from the business across the street. Ah. It was like a two for one. So. Okay. So wait, the the guy that drove the truck. He was robbing a store. While he was robbing the store, someone someone stole his truck. truck. That's amazing. That's great. Karma's a bitch. So uh, he's currently in jail. Yes. And or no, he's. Awaiting trial. Booked, and he's out on a warrant, I think, and has a burglary charge. But they're still looking for the car thief. Haven't oh, found really? Him yeah. Oh, well, sorry, your truck's gone. <laughs> what? Yeah, karma's a bitch. That was a good one. I yeah, like it. That was a good one I liked. I liked he was it. carrying his grocery. That's such a me guess, Jenny. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know. Very specific. Well, if you get, sometimes you get home, and you have to get the groceries out, and you might I, leave the I keys never in the car. I know. Like, I a lot of times leave my purse and everything in the car while yeah. I get the groceries out, and then yeah. I come back and get my purse when I'm done. Right. So somebody could totally steal or my car. sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just leave and it in there. And wasn't there a story that you did at one point where someone, there was cereal, somebody stole cereal off of a car? Yeah, while he's taking his groceries in. Oh, yeah. See? That's where you, yeah. That's where I got it from. <laughs> that was a good one. I like it. I love it. Um, okay, so... 
Thank you guys for listening. We have a Patreon page. Mm-hmm. If you go to Patreon and look at Sip Survivor Pete. Um, this, again, was a fan pick from Kim who uh, donated $10 a month. So everything she got, just so you guys know, if you want to pick an episode, it's not just that. You also get a Sip Survivor Pete travel wine mug I guess we'll call it it's like one of those insulated mm-hmm. wine glasses very nice um it's extra large too so I think it holds a lot of wine um and then you also get a message from either Callie the bulldog or Donna the horse and you also get a shout out on air a sticker a sticker and then you also get um our love eternally and forever, gratefully. <laughs> and 10% off any merch in the Sip, Sur- Sip Survive Repeat And we'll probably store. give you a couple shout-outs when we buy the wine. Yeah, we're kind from of obsessed with shouting people out. So Kim, Kim, Kim. Thank you. Yes. Um, so anyway, if you want to donate on Patreon, we have anything from $1 all the way up to 10 So there's lots of levels you can be part of. The other thing is, um, I forget my train of thought. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> cut it Uh, out Kenny (laughs) I have no brain cells left today it's fine um oh so um nope it's not coming to me it's not god damn oh 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 oh, I know rate review and subscribe and if you send us a screenshot (laughs) Danelle's laughing at me if you send us a screenshot of your review on Apple that's where we need you to do it. Uh, we will get a free Sip Survivor repeat sticker. And I was told to tell you it's not a dinky sticker. It's a large sticker. It's a large sticker. Like, like the size of your hand. Yeah. Like one you could put I mean, on your laptop or one you could put on your car, I guess, if you wanted. If you want to put stickers on your car. Get crazy. Fine. Um, And then also we have social media. We would love it if you would follow us there. We post pictures from the episodes. We also post pictures of Donna and Callie, our mascots. And occasionally we throw we put up uh, throwback pictures of when me and Danelle were growing up in the 80s. So get on it. Duh. Do it. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. Patreon content. We put up at least an episode every month. Yeah. And we just put up a new one not that long ago. Uh, last week, that I think, was, right? Yeah, I think we put it up last and week. And for when this episode comes out, it came out like a month ago. Fuck. And the new one will probably be out in like a week then. Yes. Yeah. So the that's last one we did, about. that's what we're talking about. Um, but the last one we did was like, uh, all, we all did weird news stories. So that was kind of fun. So anyway, check it out, follow us, buy merchandise and we love you all. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it's Jenny from Sip Survive Repeat, and we love our listeners, but we want to get some more ratings and reviews. So if you guys could log on to Apple Podcasts and then give us a rating and a review, we'll send you a sticker. All you need to do is send us a screenshot of your rating and your review to either our email, sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com, or direct message us, or DM us as the kids like to say, on any social media. So all you have to do again is rate and review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of that and send it to us at one of the channels I just mentioned. And we'll send you a Sip, Survive, Repeat sticker. And it's big, you guys. Size of your hand at least. So again, send it to us and we'll see you soon.